This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty, you ready? Curdy B, I am ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. This one's beautiful. Florida officials ask local perverts to stop interrupting horny manatees. I mean, somebody <laughs> had to say it. All right, well, we'll get into this one. We'll start messing around on a brand new Ooh. episode of Bananas. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am Banana Boy 100, Kurt Brownoler. And I'm Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. We're so glad to have you on. Welcome to all our new Bananimals who are just starting this week. You're wonderful. You only have to go reverse a hundred and something episodes. So welcome <laughs> to the bunch. And just uh, to t- let everybody know, we're going to be in Minneapolis and in Kansas City, October 20th and 21st. Yep. So go get tickets right now. On our on our Instagram, it's the fun. Bananas Podcast, and the link is in profile, guys. A lot of people have been messaging. Link is in profile. That means this little thing says link tree. You click on that link tree, and it's right there. Get with the program. Are you ready for our introduction for our? I'm guest ready time? because our guest has the busiest day of her entire year, <laughs> and she know. still made time for us. So please bring her on, Kurt. Our guest today is an author, cultural critic, and incredibly prolific podcast host. Yes. Her book, How to Be Fine, was an audible number one bestseller, and her podcasts, wow. many of them, by the mm-hmm. book, Romance Road Test, Royal Watch, Movie Uh-oh. Therapy, and Uh-oh. I'm not kidding, seven more are all available for you to listen right now. Please welcome the wonderful Kristen Meinzer. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to be here. I, I'm so ready to make all sorts of like banana puns, but then I'm like, I can't do it. You, you two have already won the banana pun game. I can't yes. top any of your banana puns. Yeah, you know, we've been doing it a long time, so it's a okay. But yeah, it's a big deal because you you report on the royals, and today for the bananas, we record a couple weeks in advance. The queen has died, sadly today. Yeah, sadly she has, and um, I have done about a dozen interviews so far today oh with uh, TV and other press outlets, oh. and uh, I have more lined up as soon as I hang up with you guys, and then I have about a dozen more lined up for tomorrow. So it's wow. um it, it's one of the uh, most highly anticipated and yet dreaded days that nobody wanted to happen in the Royals sure. world. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it, 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 it's, yeah, I, I don't even know what to compare it to. Yeah, yeah this is, it, it is unprecedented. I know nothing about the Royals, and yet I still know that she was queen for a very, very long time. My whole life, my whole life. And our parents' lives and our grandparents' yeah. lives. I mean, yeah. she is an institution, literally like an icon. She, she, she has been around 
longer than a third of the history of the United States. Oh, wow. Whoa, that's really that's interesting. Crazy. For the time we have been a nation, she has been around for over a third of that. Well, oh she God. almost saw the end, so good for her. She <laughs> almost got us to the end of the country, too. She sure did, yeah. Well, Kristen, we're not going to make you talk about it since you have to talk about it 10,000 times. We're going to give you a bunch of banana stories, and we'll, we'll be your little oasis in the oh, thank you. shit show of royal turnover. Um, before we do get into this thing, though, I do want to ask you, because two of your podcasts, By the Book and Romance yes. Road Test, uh, are right up our alley. Bingo. Could you please tell us what you do in those podcasts? Yes, yes, yes. So um, both of those shows I co-host with my friend, Jolenta Greenberg, who mm-hmm. is a comedian. She's a Moth Story Slam winner. She's very funny. And on By the Book, we choose a different self-help book each episode, and we live by the rules of that book down to the letter. And we do that <laughs> wow. for two weeks straight while recording wow. ourselves. And you can hear how we, um, you know, enhance or destroy our lives through those books and how our husbands suffer. And then Romance <laughs> Road Test is kind of a sequel to the show, sort of a spinoff, because a lot of people have written in over the years and say and said, we want more of your long-suffering husbands. Is there a way for you to make a show that's really just about <laughs> your relationships? And we thought, right. yes, there is. So Romance Road Test Every episode there, we take on a different so-called relationship hack, and we apply it to our relationships to see, does it bring us closer together? Does it make us tear each other's hair out or our own hair out? Uh, Examples include, let's assemble flat pack furniture and see if we feel more in love afterward. Let's do something that scares us. Let's reenact (laughs) our first dates. Let's um, spend time in nature. So some of the... um, Some of the things that we tried out, I have to say, really did uh, bring out the warm fuzzies and other things um, did not. They did the opposite. (laughs) Have you ever done the one that's that's where you're supposed to like one of you goes to a bar and is there by yourself and then the other one comes in and you pretend like you don't know each other? (laughs) Did you have you done that one yet? We have not yet done that on Romance Road Test, but I think that sounds super fun. I would be. Yeah. All my friends do that to me naturally all the time anyways. I'm just drinking alone and they pretend they don't know me. It's pretty fun. What is one what is one tip for romance that like you actually think does work? I think one tip that I found worked um while we were living by the five love languages on uh-huh. by the book. Um one of the rules of the five love languages is to love people the way they want to be loved, not the way you want to be loved. So we've been told our whole lives, like, treat people the way you want to be treated. But the five love languages are saying, no, Uh, treat people the way they want to be treated. uh, So let's say your partner or partners, if you're in a thruple or a quadruple or whatnot, let's say they are people who experience love most deeply when receiving gifts. Well, make sure that you're giving them little tokens, little love tokens, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, just a flower you picked on the way home to say I was thinking about you or, um, you know, whatever else they might want that actually is a physical object they can hold and touch. Because, you know, there are some people out there who feel very awkward about – you know, love notes or sweet nothings mm-hmm. or even about mm-hmm. physical touch, but they feel very comfortable with physical objects. And then there are other people out there like me who are like, don't buy my love. Me that too. object means nothing to me. I don't care me about too. presents. <laughs> yes. All I really care about is like, um, are you uh, treating me with affection? And um, do we have fun together? You know, I like yeah. my quality. I like my quality time and I like my words of affection. And other people want acts of service. So, I mean, sure. it really just comes down to, you know, what is 
What, what makes the people in your life feel loved? Whether it's your partner, your parents, your kids, whatever, your friends, what makes them feel loved? Love them that way. That makes that. sense. And that you, makes sense to me. I love that too. And it actually is a really great segue, segue. into how Good these segue. how these manatees like to I make love it. on each other. <laughs> Here is this. This was this uh, uh, this article was sent in by Michaela. Thank you, Michaela. Thank you, Michaela. Uh, on our Instagram, the Bananas Podcast. And uh, this was in. It's called the thing is called Creative Loafing, Tampa Bay. That's real. Uh, I think that's what it is. And it's by mm-hmm. Colin Wolf. Colin Wolf. Uh, here it is. Florida officials ask local perverts to stop interrupting horny manatees. Uh, <laughs> this is, it's officially manatee mating season in Florida, and local officials are asking people to, not to put body parts near or within what's referred to as a mating herd, or more disturbingly, a mating ball. On Sunday afternoon, a social media post from the Sarasota Police Department stated that some looky-loos were also attempting to touch a group of mating manatees near South Lido Beach. We we spotted manatees mating near South Lido Beach Sunday. Folks were trying to touch them. Please don't. If you see a manatee mating herd, observe respectfully from a distance. Do not touch. This is an important reminder, especially. Yes. Do you know how weird that would be? Like if you're just like getting it on with someone special and then you are like, hold on, who else is touching me? Yes. And is it a manatee? If it like was a if manatee. a manatee was touching you while you were fucking, that yeah, would like, honestly no. I thought that I would was just two adorable. of us here. Adorable. <laughs> if it just you just hear you're like it's a very romantic moment, you're starting to kiss and then <laughs> a manatee in a tub of water just adorable. slowly rolls into your room and, and a mm-hmm. flipper comes out and pats you on the ass and then rolls away. I'm into that. Humans love to touch stuff. I mean, it, it, that is such a crazy impulse to be like, look, and then go touching these things. It is, it, it, but it's everywhere. It's universally. Like, it, people just do this, and I don't understand why we're unable to just witness something and appreciate it. It's a very strange thing. Like, touching I, it is so weird. I will, I will give a partial explanation for why I think they're touching, is it looks fucking insane uh so the way manatees mate is it's one female manatee and then like a bunch of male manatees and all of them are trying to get underneath her and so it's a bunch of manatees all like fumbling on top of each other and it looks Mm -hmm. like something's wrong and then (laughs) and then all of a sudden once the man and usually it's in shallow water but once the female manatee actually goes into deeper water and the male manatee can get underneath her all of they all just flip like freak out. It's just like a bunch of flapping. So it looks like something's murdering them, kind of. Uh, it's see. a very insane looking uh, way to bone. So I Pretty guess people are like, oh no, I gotta help these manatee, I think. Yeah. Or is it just that we all secretly or not so secretly want to touch a manatee in our lives? And yeah. I have been fortunate enough to touch a manatee. I've oh. been very lucky in that way. Um, and there, there was one time I was swimming in Florida and then these manatees showed up and I was like yes like thank you for coming out here and I will say hello to you and wow. you're very close to me so why not I, I will reach out and pet you but they initiated I yeah. just want to point that out they started it I would not go in there mm-hmm. and uh, in the middle of their business and do that but I, I do understand the instinct to want to touch a manatee but there are moments for that are they inviting sure. the touch or are they not inviting the touch this is a case 
these manatees who are mating, they're not inviting human touch. They don't want humans. They like each other. They don't want us they're there. They're having a moment. Yeah. They're having yeah. an intimate moment. Their manatee yeah. body, their manatee choice. All right. <laughs> that is correct. That is absolutely correct. I know whenever you're around manatees, I think I talked about this once on the pod, but I saw one in Florida, and my first instinct was how fun it would be to sit on it. Like, it was just floating by. <laughs> and then, Kurt, did I tell that one? And then there was no, an old it's... woman, uh, an older woman walked up next to me, and I'm looking at this manatee, and then she's like, wouldn't it be fun to sit on that? And she, like, read my mind, and I look, looked at her, and I was like, I was thinking that exact same We should thing. get married. Yeah. <laughs> I leaned in for a kiss. She pushed me in the water. It's very fun sitcom moments. <laughs> I remember this this reminded me of and like, you know, it's obviously embarrassing to try and touch manatees while they bone. And it reminded me of the <laughs> most embarrassing moment I have ever had on a beach in my entire life. Oh I was 15 years old okay. and uh, I was I was I grew up in New Jersey on the on the New Jersey shore and I surfed. Uh and it, I showed up one day at Manasquan yes. Inlet. And Manasquan Inlet's probably the best place to surf uh, on the Jersey Shore. It's okay. just great waves. And I get there. And it is, it's just a beautiful day out. The surf is pumping. And mm-hmm. nobody is surfing. And I was like, I just lost my mind. Usually, if it's that, if it's that good surf, there's like 100 dudes in the water. Okay. Uh, and so I was like, I can't believe it. So I was like getting my wetsuit on as quickly as I could, not paying attention to anything. Like, and then I put my leash on like uh, before I got in the water, yes. as you do, but a little too early. Okay. And then I didn't hold my leash, and I just started running. Cool, cool look. Started running and then immediately tripped over my leash right before (laughs) I got to the water and landed smack on my face on the sand, right? And then at that point, realized that the reason no one was surfing was because a surf competition was going on. (laughs) And that right behind me was a huge tent with hundreds of people on the beach just off to like the left of where I had run. And and then it was like, and then like four (laughs) professional surfers ran past me and into the water and started a heat. So I did that in front of like thousands of people and I just was, I've I like almost disintegrated from being embarrassed. But I think that they just thought you were a comedic genius. If you look at it from their perspective, if it's all how you reacted to it because I would think that that person was doing a bit and it was a great, hilarious bit. Because <laughs> kids, teenagers always have to do that stuff. I used to pretend to trip and fall in the movie theater in Maryland when they had unlimited uh, refills of popcorn. And I would walk in and trip and knock my popcorn in the air and then run out like I was embarrassed and come in and do it again. And then the <laughs> third time, I wouldn't do it. And everybody would wait for me to do it. And then I would trip and not knock the popcorn into the air. And every time, it were, I, yeah, it was like the $15 movie theater. And I would just trip and fall and knock popcorn in the air. It was great. <laughs> Uh, teenage bit. Oh, yeah. It's a good bit. <laughs> okay. I got one for you. All right. Stephanie Borg sent this one in. Borg. Um, this one, pretty good. I think I picked this one also, Kristen, because I was listening to a bunch of By the Books and the idea of self-help. Uh, it just, I, I made a connection here. Hmm. Woman swallows AirPod instead of painkiller and records audio from her stomach. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, so this was on, ironically, appleinsider.com. 
<laughs> True. Is this a real story or did Apple plant this to <laughs> yes. expand their podcasting universe? Yeah, they I- wanted us to talk about it. Uh, written by Best in the Business, William Gallagher. He's good. Oh, man. Oh, Apple Insider. Do you know William Gallagher? <laughs> Billy uh, G? Um, here it is a tiktok user has shared a story how she mistook one of her airpods for an ibuprofen ibuprofen and accidentally swallowed it saying on tiktok that she was sharing this information for quote educational purposes end quote Uh, the bo- the Boston-based user named at I am Carlib I I I B uh, explained that she had a pill in one hand and her AirPod in the other. "Quote: I was crawling <laughs> into bed," she says in her TikTok video, "and I had an ibuprofen 800 in my right hand and I had my left AirPod in my left hand. <laughs> <laughs> I threw something back in my mouth, took my water bottle, took a big sip, and realized it was not the ibuprofen." <laughs> I tried puking it up, but it would not come out. It did come out, though, in a normal course of event, so to speak. And she says that she went and had an x-ray to confirm it was in there. Uh, She also said she won't be trying to use that AirPod again because she passed it. (laughs) Separately, she has also revealed uh, that the swallowed AirPod was still connected to her phone while she was making a call and consequently left a voice memo to a friend of gurgling sounds (laughs) recorded in her stomach. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. Uh, This is not the first time an AirPod has been swallowed. A Massachusetts man managed to swallow one while he was sleeping. I think he was listening to a podcast in his sleep, rolled over, and swallowed an iPod. Wow. Excuse me, AirPod. I mean, iPod. Uh, (laughs) And then a seven-year-old in Georgia was taken to the emergency room after eating one. So I guess this is a common occurrence. Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of understand the seven-year-old. I don't really understand the adults doing this. Me neither. I, I, I don't really get that. But... Maybe I'm just not in the loop because I don't trust AirPods, period. And so, as you can see, I was like, see this? This is a cord Me attached. Too. Yep. Me yeah. Me too. Like, I I just want cords attached to my ears. I don't yeah. trust... I, I don't trust the AirPods to stay in my ears while I'm walking around with without little cords attached to them, for one. No, I no. want cords just so I can, once I do swallow it, I can pull it back out <laughs> my Yes! <throat>. <laughs> <laughs> What a fun party trick that is. Yes. Um, Kristen, you live in Brooklyn, right? Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, uh, Kurt and I also lived in Brooklyn. We both lived in Windsor Terrace, right near Prospect Park, somewhere I know you like to take walks. Um, Because I listen to your pod. I'm not stalking you or anything. (laughs) Uh, I'm like, wow, you know a lot about me. (laughs) I was listening to the the Rituals episode uh, of By the Book, and I thought the Daily Rituals, and you took a walk by the little waterfall in the middle of Prospect Park, and I was like, I know exactly where that is. I used to love (laughs) taking little walks there. Me too. I used to absentmindedly, you know in New York when you're like putting everything, you're putting on like a book bag, you're going to go grab the F train, you're going to do all this subway stuff. I found myself two times being so absent-minded and distracted that I would walk out of my apartment that would automatically lock and then I'd be locked out. And then depending on who your super is, your landlord or whatever, it's kind of hard to get back in sometimes. Mm -hmm. So a little pro tip. I used to put magnet key boxes under the blue mailbox, like the public mailbox that was like four blocks (gasps) away. And I did that for eight years. And I had to use it three times. And it was uh, just a great little life hack for you. And it absolutely worked. Like so many times I'd be like, oh shit. And then I would go walk three or four blocks. I never had any markings on the keys or the box. And there was my key anytime I got locked out. That is so so smart. 
Smart. I'm going to recommend that to a few friends of mine who constantly lock themselves out. Um, I, I will <laughs> yes. say this. When, when I have locked myself out, I've been very lucky that my neighbors usually just let me go into their apartments and I go down the fire escape and go into my apartment uh, that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that has worked for most of my New York life, fortunately. The the neighbor and the fire escape. Pretty trusting. Good yeah. neighbors. And yes. very good neighbors. <laughs> but your idea, I love your idea. It's it's so stealth, but it's also so in the open. It's in the That's, open and it's yeah. anonymous because like it, they would have to, you know, on my block on Ocean Parkway, there was like 30 buildings with 200 apartments per building and it would be like, good luck. The ultimate scavenger hunt. Where does this key belong? <laughs> <laughs> but it was also that thing where, and I'm sure you both have had this, where like when you're doing something like that, when you're like locking yourself out or locking your keys in your car, or whatever, there's that one moment where you've realized what you're doing and it's happening and you're like, and the doors and it's, ha- and this is it. And that yeah. is such a weird magic moment where I wonder if this young woman who swallowed the airport, there had to be a moment where she was swallowing and it was heavier than a pill. Like she had to know, like there was a cutoff and she just went for it. It must've been like, cause it's, it's as you throw it in your mouth. That's when you're realizing it. It must've been such mm-hmm. a like throw swallow kind of move that the liquid started coming so quickly. It was an immediate re- realization, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I worked in a restaurant in Brooklyn and there was a, a gentleman who at the time was older. He was probably only in his mid forties. Uh, but at the time he felt like an older guy to me. And I woke up one morning and I was like cleaning my apron in the kitchen sink the way waiters do. You get the ketchup stains off of it, you get ready. And I opened the email it's from this guy, Tim, the bartender. And I start scrolling. He had never emailed me before. And I quickly realized that he had forwarded me uh, a text exchange he was having with another man that he had met on a dating app. Oh, boy. So it started with like, hey, hey, what neighborhood do you live in? How tall are you? Stuff like that. And then like a little flirtier. And so I was like, this is weird. I thought maybe he was sending me dialogue for a script or something. And I scrolled just a little bit more. And it like instantly went to like torso pics. And then it like dick pics followed and so i was like okay i got it this was an accident so i delete it so i go into work um that afternoon and he's bartending (laughs) and i like stealthily pull tim aside and i'm like hey man i just want you to know you accidentally sent me like a text a sext exchange with some dude and i deleted it no big deal just wanted you to know maybe you like butt dialed it or butt emailed it or whatever and he just turned to goes oh no big deal. I actually accidentally sent that to everybody on my email list, including my family, no. and now my dad knows I'm gay. He hadn't come out to his father yet. Oh, no. And so his father found out he was a gay man by getting a, I don't know, 400 text exchange, including his own son's dick. I was like, Tim. Uh, it felt so, he was like over it, though. It was so bad. And it was, was so, so bad. absentmindedly done it that it, it was like he just pulled the. It was just scorched off. earth at that oh, point. There is out. no. I cannot worry about the waiter at Two Boots Pizzeria <laughs> <laughs> when my dad has seen my dick. That's right. <laughs> oh, Tim. Yeah, it was going to come out sooner or later, bud. You pulled the bandaid off. We're proud oh, of you. Wow. Tim, wow. He's giving the rest of us comfort, though, who've accidentally done the reply all, and it was oh. not even close to that bad. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so bad. Have you ever had one of those where, like, as you were sending it, you were like, and now everybody knows my personal finances? Uh, I've done it with other things. I've I've made the mistake of, like, 
thinking I'm not replying all, but just replying to one person on the thread. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, the rest of the yahoos on this thread cannot get their shit together. And then I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I just sent it to everybody on this thread. Oops. Yeah. Oops. I have done that. Ugh. We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> I know. In, the, in that situation, is there any saving? I always wonder, is there anything you could say? Just be like, ha ha, just kidding, guys. <laughs> or like, is there any way to like save that when you do reply mm. all and meant for one person? And you're obviously making fun of everyone on the list. Oh, God. I don't I mean, know if there is. I don't. I've never succeeded at fixing that. I'm just like, well, I screwed. I screwed up badly. There's nothing to do here. I'm actually surprised there's not an app that like charges you a hundred dollars to scrub an email that you didn't want sent to everybody. Like there feels like Google yeah. could be like, "Hey, we have an option where if you send this thing for eighty dollars, we take it all back," <laughs> and you'd be like, "It is worth eighty dollars." I, I feel like Outlook used to have something like yes. that where they claimed you could, you could but it. it did not work because that's what I did it on, uh, and I that's how I found out the hard way. Yes, that it didn't so work. No, that's terrible. It did not work. No, I. I Shall I tease us into a break, Scotty? Tease us into a sweet little advertisement break. The attempted murder of the Tualatin Chub Shrub. Wow. That, it sounded like you were struggling with the last two words, but I bet you actually (laughs) nailed them. We'll be back with the Tualatin (laughs) Chubsher. The Tualatin Chub Shrub. Oh, God. I got it. Oh, bananas. Folks, we are back. Scott, you got any shout-outs before we get back into our fantastic guest? Yeah, I do have a couple, a uh, few little shout-outs here. We're shouting out two of our NYC Bananimals from the Bronx. We're shouting them out purely from being from the Bronx because in the DM <laughs> they said, we're from the Bronx, which I like. Ben Fuoco and Benny Blanco. So Ben and Benny, what's up? Thanks for being Bananimals in the Bronx. We probably will never tour and do a show in the Bronx, but you know what? Maybe we will. Uh, Kale David. Wants to shout out, this is an interesting one, his wife's best friend, Liv, who introduced them to Bananas. Liv, you are the wind beneath our peels. Uh, shout out to Heather Lalu, who is shouting out her own solo honeymoon. This kind of falls into... Yeah. Yeah, this kind of falls in. Uh, she's going to the Maldives. Uh, she's taking her dream honeymoon without a man because she's been preparing for this, dreaming about it, and working out for her hot honeymoon bod. And she's ready to go enjoy herself. Yes, Good I for love you, that. Heather. We love that. Um, and finally, we have oh, this is for all of us, actually. Kurt, we have a listener named Mikey who works for The Hollywood Reporter. Okay. And he explained to you and I that sometimes news outlets and news stories are attributed to a staff and not the actual writer, because a lot of times those writers, uh, for whatever reason, don't want to be associated with that crazy story forever online. So they say the Guardian staff or BBC staff or whatever, so that when you Google Kurt Brownoller in 20 years, it's not like butt plug 
efforts in the winter. And you're like, okay. (laughs) Um, So thank you, Mikey. We appreciate you reaching out from a professional standpoint. And we're still going to call them the mediumist and the biz when they do it. But Mm -hmm. thanks for the info. And that's all I got. And, of course, we are here with the fantastic Kristen Meinzer. Kristen, thank you for being here. So excited to be here. Do you think doing a podcast about self-help has made your life better? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> really? Well, I, th- really? I think most self-help is is terrible. Um, Interesting. A, a lot of the self-help books out there are written by people who were born on third base saying, if I can do it, anyone can. I'm like, really? Right. You who went to Harvard and right. whose parents gave you a modest loan of $2 million to start your for supplement selling business, really? If you can do it, anyone can. I, I was not born with any of those things. I don't think right. that's a fair comparison. And in other cases, I think that there is an author who found one obsessive thing that worked well for their particular obsession. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it's going to work for those of us who don't have that same obsession. Um, for example, Marie Kondo, Life-Changing right. Magic of Tidying Up. Yeah. Sure. From the time she was a small child, she says in her book, she would tidy and cry tidy and cry. The oh, next no. day it wouldn't be tidy anymore. And she was obsessed with tidying. And um, the book is kind of heartbreaking. It's like, this is not a self-help book. This is a confession of a debilitating obsession. This is sad. Wow. I don't know if I want to do this. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. What, is the, what is the one thing that you tried out for the podcast that was like the crate that upended your life in the weirdest way? Oh my gosh, there are so many books that are so terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I would say that pretty much any of the books that have the word fuck in the title and are written yes. by dudes, all of those books are terrible. Um, uh, all of Kristen, them essentially yes. are like, yeah, all you got to do is uh, believe it and then you can be it. And oh, then boy. put your life in your hands and then like... Uh, visualize being a billionaire and then get super pumped and yeah, yeah and you'll be just like me. Yeah, all of those books are terrible. Uh, um, yes. My favorite books are actually ones where it's just like, go out and be kind. Yeah. Do good in the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe the reason why you're sad is not because you're not saying enough good mantras. Maybe the reason you're sad is because we live in a world with structural inequalities and maybe you yes. can go out there and make the world a little nicer and maybe you'll feel better in turn. At least that's worked for me. I found that. Yeah, I love that. That's absolutely true. It's that is so true. Years ago, uh, my agents were like, "Hey, we have a book. We think you'd be perfect for developing." And I was like, "Oh, thanks. That's great. What is it?" And they were like, "It's the subtle art of not giving a fuck." And title alone, I go, "No." And they go, "Really?" <laughs> I was like, "That's uh, whatever that's selling. I'm not interested in." Yeah. And then I read the first chapter, and it was exactly to your point. It was just like, just choose not to give a fuck in all in all these situations. And now, you know, eight years later, whatever it is, it's like the most beta thing these guys can do is just claim how alpha they are. Like every time <laughs> I read anything like that, I'm like, no, you're the worst. You're you're just a, a lamb in wolf's clothing. It's crazy to me. <laughs> that is such a good way of putting it. And I'm so glad you didn't work on that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. As soon as I heard the title, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> also, Everybody I would cares. Like, I would really like to... Uh, to compliment you. I've never heard the term uh, born on third base, and I love it so much. That's such a great 
uh, saying. Oh, thank uh, you. I, I don't think I coined it. I just think it is. Yeah. yeah. Most of us I'm, are in the dugout. We're not even like at home playing that. <laughs> like we're, we're not on first base. We're not anywhere. I'm yeah. just trying to get to the base. To, to I'm just trying to get park. to the stadium. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know how to get to the stadium. <laughs> That's right. And who cares? Just live a little. Be nice to everybody. Yeah. Speaking of, do you want to hear yes. about the attempted murder of the Tualatin Chub Shrub? <laughs> yes. Okay. I do. This is so. This was sent in uh, by the wonderful Leah Peterson. Thank you so much, Leah. Uh, Thank you, Leah. So this is actually, I think, a local just thing that's going on in her neighborhood or like near her because I couldn't Best. find any. Articles about it. no one's covering this. <laughs> this is just based on Facebook posts from the person. Okay. So there is a person in Tualatin. I believe that's in Washington. I have not done my research, and I don't even Never know do. if that's how you pronounce it. Tualatin. Who cares? Uh, and she, uh, I guess, she has a shrub that she groomed into looking a bit like a penis. And then uh, just recently, maybe like a month ago, uh, someone tried to kill it by pouring oh. uh, like uh, whatever herbicide onto its roots. And so now it's in the process of dying. She's oh, very upset. Sucks. Yeah. So here's her Facebook post about it. Hi, I'm blank taken out, owner of the Tualatin Trub Shrub. I discovered yesterday that my 40-year-old Arbor Vitae, is that how you say it? I don't know. Sure. Was deliberately poisoned. In the past 11 months since I, quote, trimmed my bush, I have met and talked with more of my neighbors than in the previous 23 years that I have lived here. Nice. I was able to do so, do what the Tualatin police have been in, unable to do, slow down traffic on Martinazzi. <laughs> I didn't turn the tree, quote, into a thing. Yes, I trimmed it in a slightly more phallic shape than the other six trees, but the decorating and the monthly themes evolved from the stand-up neighbors who supported the effort. In Great. fact, the tree's first decoration was from an anonymous donor, and neighbors have brought suggestions and paraphernalia, uh, mm -hmm. toys if you will. The Chub is not only a local celebrity, but has international acclaim. Its dick pics are sent around the world, and my next-door neighbor started an Instagram for it. As for, quote, what about the children? If they aren't old enough to get it, they won't do. They won't. So don't point it out. Be outraged or bring it to their attention. If they're old enough to get it, don't penis shame your boys by saying it's disgusting or making your daughters fearful of the organ. The okay. penis itself does nothing harmful. It's the person who wields it. And I can alibi for my tree every day for the past 23 years. It didn't hurt anybody. She's very upset. I did not break any laws when I manscaped my arbivitae. However, the person who dug at its roots and surrounded the entire base what with is, salt... Yeah did commit a crime, including criminal trespass, secondary malicious mischief, and violated three... Oh, Oregon statute. It's in Oregon. Relating okay. specifically to deliberate tree damage. I love Oregon, and I love that they have rules against tree damage. Damn right. Um, though I appreciate that using salt to kill the penis tree, Salt Peter was inspired. You fucked with the <laughs> wrong gal. I may not yet know who assaulted my tree. Oh, she's getting into the Pretty puns. good. She's but going for the likes here. a $500 reward for information that leads to charges and arrest. Uh, it keeps going, but I'm going to stop there. We just want to let everybody know if you have any information about the attempted herbicide of the Toilet and Chub Shrub, please... I don't know. I guess send us a message. Yeah. I don't necessarily know here. how to get in touch with this person, but you probably do because you live around there. But hey, wow. I support, I support, you know, 
cutting your trees into whatever shape you want them. And I don't think that they should be murdered by your neighbors at all. Yeah, I'm very yeah. against plant murder. Don't murder plants, except if you're, you know, bad at plants accidentally. I mean, I think I I confess I've killed some plants in my life, but not on purpose. Of and not, not other people's plants. I would never go to somebody else's house and not. kill their plants. Why would no. I do that? That's not nice. And I I mean, maybe you don't like what it's been carved into. Maybe you don't like the shape of it. Um, I get that. It's not the most sophisticated decision of like, you know, it's like 13-year-old boys all over the world have been spray painting that on walls and drawing it on bathroom stalls for like, yes. I don't know, for as long as 13-year-old boys have had access to writing instruments, it's been out there. So is it the most sophisticated choice? Mm-mm. No. no. Am, am, I, am I so upset by it that I think the tree should have been killed? Absolutely not. It's not the tree's fault. Not at all. Not at no. all. Let it live. Also, the idea I've had a tree. I've had a, I've had a tree in my bathroom that at this point is just a skeleton. It's just, it's just. It looks like we we've entered the eternal winter in my bathroom at all times. It is just leaves on the ground every single day. We cannot keep a single tree alive in our bathroom. And yeah. we used to have a money tree. And I was convinced that the reason that we were struggling with money was because we could not keep this money tree alive. <laughs> and so I was like, get rid of it. It's freaking me out too much. I don't want a tree connected to my value. I can understand why. But that, yeah, it's it's also just, it's funny that it brought the neighbors together and that they're talking to the neighbors more than ever. That happens here all the time because we live in Los Angeles and wildfires are such a thing. Now, if anybody in the general neighborhood grills out at all, just turns on the grill, there's any smoke in the air, all of my neighbors from like the 10 houses on this block just walk out into the street. We start like smelling the air. And then I'm like, you see anything? And they're like, no. And it's like, I think so-and-so up the hills. And then somebody will walk up there and be like, hey. But nobody's ever going to be like, text everybody before you grill. But it brings us together like weekly where we're all like, are we going to die? Or are we just going to say hello and get the mail and talk to each other for two minutes? <laughs> it's nice. It brings us together. Constant fear of being burned alive. Yeah, that's where we're at. When it's yeah. the longest drought ever. It rained this morning, Chris. Oh my god, that for, was so crazy. For how long, Kurt? Forty-five 30 seconds? seconds. Yeah. And we were immediately out. The kids were like, <laughs> "Open the like, turn the turn the alarm off. Open the door." The kids are in the rain, and then it immediately stopped. It was like, "This is so sad." We yeah, that are. Must pathetic. have been a glorious forty-five seconds, though. They it were must have been. so excited. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's like it's probably like the first time somebody who's never seen snow sees snow. I was writing and I like turned in my desk because I heard the pitter patter on the roof and I like looked outside and I was like, my God, it's raining. Like texting <laughs> friends being like, it's raining. And then it was just over. <laughs> well, oh, I, I got to say, like, if I have to be brought together by um, the idea that we're all going to die in a drought in a wildfire or I'm sure. being brought together with my neighbors by an unsophisticated bush cutting design yeah i guess i'd rather take the bush yeah like, i'll take the dick tree any day yeah i'll, I'll take that i'm not yeah i don't want to get together with people because we're dying i'd rather yeah. get together with people because we're like looking at this weird bush so yeah. that's a positive spin well, yeah. that we yeah. can all agree on speaking of neighborhood getting togethers have you talked to anyone about your uh sign for the for the hill me Scotty? for uh, stuck truck hill oh yeah no, but it's still up. So there is a hill in my neighborhood in Echo Park that is so steep that any delivery truck, even a UPS truck, gets stuck. The actual back, the gate on the 
back of the truck, lifts Grinds the back tires in. off. It happens, I don't know, five times a year. It's probably happened 50 times since I've lived here. And it'll be water delivery trucks. And you see the poor guys working that, unloading those big things of water out of it. You get moving vans, like new to the neighborhood. So I made an, a sign that looks like a city park sign that, and named it Stuck Truck Hill. And it's been up for probably six months, and yeah. it looks so official. I think people are just starting to do that. And I keep putting it on Google Maps, a stuck truck hill, so it's like <laughs> a place Wait, to you can just visit. add things to Google Maps? You can put stuff that's like, uh, you can put things as like a location or oh, I know, have no idea. a business oh. or whatever. But yeah, stuck truck hill has not brought anybody together. I haven't seen anybody posing in front of the sign, but I check it every time I drive by or walk by. So it makes me happy. Nice. Uh, Give us another see. one. Hmm. All right. Guest choice. Kristen, do we want to hear about a weather balloon or an alarm clock? Oh, let's hear about the weather balloon. Great choice. Mallory Dean sent this in just today. So thank you, Mallory Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was on CBS News, written by that CBS News staff. And now we know what that means, Kurt. They're ashamed <laughs> of this one. <laughs> um, man gets trapped aloft in hydrogen balloon for two days, travels over 200 miles trying to collect pine nuts. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. I'm interested. Really? I'm so interested. Also, hydrogen balloons. I thought they were a thing of the past. I like, I like, Kristen's already skeptical. You've lived through Balloon Boy, so. That's the first thing I thought of is like, we all know Balloon Boy wasn't real. Is <laughs> is Balloon Pecan Man real? But yeah, no. maybe. I mean, CBS News, that's pretty credible. Um, the Chinese state media says <laughs> that they have found a man safe after he spent two days aloft in a hydrogen balloon traveling about 200 miles. It became untethered and flew away while he was using it to lift himself to harvest pine nuts from a tree. (laughs) Oh, Oh, wait. This is literally like a balloon that's just strapped to his body. Giant balloon. Oh, this is One, oh, this is not like a oh, this is fascinating. Okay, just a, it's bigger than like it's as big as a weather balloon. It's this huge white. It looks like a large balloon, like a party balloon. The man <laughs> identified only by his surname, who, uh, and a partner were collecting pine nuts on Sunday in a par in a forest park uh, in northeastern China when they lost control and the balloon sailed off. The other person was able to jump to the ground, and uh, and a search was launched for the escape <laughs> balloon. I love and that do. the person that abandoned the other person was just was because you know that you're just taking half the weight out. That means that guy's going even higher. It's like go fuck yourself. You're going even higher. <laughs> yes, instead of hovering 10, 15 feet above the ground. They Up go, into the Gulf Stream or whatever it's called. Yeah, 200 <laughs> miles away. State broadcaster CCTV said rescuers were able to contact the man via his cell phone the following morning, and they instructed him on how to slowly deflate the balloon. I mean, this is a crazy story. Is- to land safely. It took another day before he was able to lower enough and reach the ground about 200 miles north of the Fangshan region, close to a border in Russia. So he almost sailed into Russia. Not a great uh, place to be these oh. days. Oh, he was having... He had two wild days. Who was in good health? Apart from pain in his lower back, possibly from standing on a like a, a board, basically. He was standing on a platform the entire time he was in the air. 
Oh, man. I also like to think of the people that saw this, like a child sees it in the backyard, runs inside and says something. He's gotten blown away by now, and they're like, <laughs> don't don't lie. Don't lie. Um, <laughs> an official uh, at the publicity department of the Highland Forestry Administration Company on Thursday confirmed the balloon incident and described who is being a man in his 40s. He said he's recovering in the hospital, but has declined to be interviewed or provide further details. And then, just because CBS News leaves no stone unturned, pine nuts are found inside pine cones <laughs> and are a frequent ingredient in dishes served in the Northeast, formerly known as Manchuria. So there you go. I'm glad they included that. Me too. I, I was wondering because I, you know, my experience with pine nuts is usually in Italian dishes with like pesto, tomatoes, oh, yeah. pine nuts, and so on. Yeah. And oh, I was wondering, yeah. does he like Italian food? I wasn't thinking about Manchurian dishes. Yeah, yeah, me neither. This also, I uh, guess I assumed that that's where pine nuts came from, but I was never really actually clear about it. So I learned something. I learned something, CBS. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for including that. Also, how do you steal a weather balloon? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not saying I want to, but if I were to do it, what would be the steps to do that? Well, first you I... meet a meteorologist at a bar. Yes. And you get them drunk. Yes. You convince them to, to take you back to the, yeah, yes. back to the news station. <laughs> get the hydrogen tank running. <laughs> I wonder if meteorologists don't like the internet because it made them less celebrities than they were before when you used yeah. to turn on the local news or, or the news and you'd see the meteorologists and they were always the fun one. They'd have like a Hawaiian shirt on or they'd have, and like now it's just like, it used to be a big deal to see like a local news person. And now because the internet, nothing's a big deal anymore. I wonder if there's part of them was like, boy, in the eighties, I could get any seat in any restaurant in town. <laughs> but you know what? There's this whole thing though with the internet about like niche celebrity, you know? And I feel like the internet has created that for meteorologists. Like there's people who are into meteorology and then those for those people they're they're like 10 times more famous you know yeah my friend eliza and her husband her husband adam they went to central park on a double date with other people so they were on other dates with other people and they were playing croquet in central park very fun first date uh but eliza brought up that news broadcaster sam champion mm -hmm. which is <gasps> You know, we all know Sam Champion. Everybody he knows Sam Champion. He is a celebrity. Champion. Let's be real. <laughs> Sam's a celebrity. Yeah. Great name, great head of hair, great mm -hmm. style. We all love Sam Champion. And they were laughing so hard telling stories, their favorite Sam Champion stories, that Eliza and Adam switched their dates and ended up like going out for a drink afterwards and are now married with children. And oh, for real? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, my Sam God. Champion brought them together. That's Meteorologists so really do make a difference in this world. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Also, the people that they were on a date with were like, are you for real that into Sam Champion? Then just fucking go. Then just go with that person because I don't want to hear it anymore. We're done. We love croquet. We're very into wickets. Um, our friend, Kristen, have you lived in New York for like 10 years? Longer? I've lived here years? for 20 years now. 20 yes. Years. Nice. Mm -hmm. I'm originally from Minnesota and we had our own celebrity meteorologist there named Paul Ooh. Douglas who... Everybody mm. wanted to be in his backyard, and that's not mm. a euphemism or anything. Like he <laughs> literally did the broadcast from his backyard what? of the that. station, and you knew you made it as like you know the big time as as a local if you got to be invited into his backyard and be interviewed Ooh. while he talked about the weather. Oh, I love Minnesota. Yeah. That's just so great. 
We're doing a show in Minneapolis. Um, Because we had a, Kurt and I have a mutual friend, a great buddy named Mac Primo, who is an artist in Brooklyn. And he uh, made a wooden submarine. Do you remember that, Kurt? Oh, it's his buddy who made the wooden submarine. Oh, his buddy made it? But he was in it, wasn't he? He went and like got in it, yeah. Um, they I, sailed it up the river, and this was pretty soon after 9-11, so these guys built a wood, a submarine out of wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I I'm going to get you the name. Remember this. Yes. I think I vaguely get... remember this. I did live yes. here then. I moved here in 1999. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. And um, I never want to be in a submarine. That just sounds terrible to me. But, yeah. But the wooden submarine, I'm like, does it float? Does it sink? What does it do? It does both. The, the artist's name is Duke Riley. Sorry, Duke um, Riley. My apologies. And he and he's just buddies with Mac. Um, I gotcha. He was he was de- the, the the New York Times article has the picture. Duke Riley was detained Friday after his revolutionary repli- revolutionary replica vessel neared the Queen Mary too. <laughs> so he built it in re- in Red Hook and then like sent it off. And he just happened to get to like the Queen Mary two was like in 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 port, <laughs> and he got too close to it and was arrested by the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Which like launched his career, by the way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So sorry, dude. Yeah, it's just the best. I love that kind of like unlikely transport that just takes you on an adventure that you didn't see happening. Mm-hmm. The oh best. yeah. The, the and, and it also is like it looks kind of like a, a, a weather balloon. It is round it with a, like a teardrop kind of top to it. Would you ever do a hot air balloon again, Kristen? Have you ever done a hot air balloon ride? It's very fun. I've never done a hot air balloon ride, but I've always wanted to. Years ago, um, I was in Cappadocia, Cappadocia, Turkey, and wow. my boyfriend at the time, I was like, "Should we do this hot air balloon thing?" And yeah. he said, "No." We did break up not long afterward and not just because of the hot air balloon, but I I was like, you know what? In the future, I hope that whoever I'm with wants to get in the hot air balloon in Cappadocia with me. I hope so. Absolutely. What a great requirement. That's so true. Also, uh, as someone who has taken a significant significant other on a hot air balloon ride who then hated it, uh, like I would have preferred she let me know before we got in the hot air balloon that she was going to shit her pants for the whole hour. Oh. <laughs> Kurt, I have a proposition because they have that big one in Albuquerque, right? The big, like a couple years ago, I think we tried to get in a hot air balloon during the Albuquerque. Is it Santa Fe or Albuquerque? Somebody There's, does a huge. Um, Huge yeah. hot air balloon festival every House year. House New Mexico is a huge one too. I know there are a few of them. Yeah, there. yeah. and I think oh. we should do a bananas live show during that weekend, Kurt. We well, should go I'll, to what? I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I just googled banana hot air balloon, and Uh-oh. yes, there are multiple banana get in. hot air balloons. They're like bunches of bananas all made up. Um, we got to get in one. We got to get in one. So if we, anybody if, knows anybody yes. who's in the ballooning circle the scene the balloon scene if you know any balloonatics get them in touch with us we want to find a balloon a, a banana we balloon we want to sail on a banana balloon yes of course we do Who we doesn't? have to do this we can I'm make running. this happen if anybody out there is connected to somebody that has a banana shaped hot air balloon <laughs> we will fly to you yes. we will we will buy you a dinner uh and we will document it we'll record an episode up there we got to do it i'm in Amen. Um, That's what it's all about. We almost we're oh, we're losing Kristen very soon to go continue to talk about <laughs> the dead queen. 
Um, oh. But I, I would give, I'll just give you this one really, really quickly. Send a sweet one out of here. This is how, this is how we're getting out Thank you, here. Kristen, for being on Bananas. We really hope yeah. this was a nice little gap in your reporting of the Royals today. Yeah. Oh, this was lovely. It really was. It was great just to have a laugh on such a tragic day. Thank you. Good. And would you, um, and anything you would like to plug for people yes, to please. go and like find no. you, go listen to? Well, if you ever want to find out more about all of those um, gajillions of podcasts that I host or the cultural commentary I do or the Please. stuff I do with Megan and Harry, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kristen Meinzer or just visit my website, KristenMeinzer.com. It's all there. Thank you. Wonderful. Beautiful. Um, so this is, uh, this is just an easy one with a couple of laughs to send us home. This was sent in by Copy Haste. Thank you, Copy Haste. This was in the Daily Star 15 greatest footballer names of all time, including the legendary Jizz Horncamp. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there is a Jizz Horncamp. There's uh, Stefan Kuntz. There's oh Jizz Horncamp. There's Danny Drinkwater. Great name. Uh, there's Nordy Nordy. <laughs> I think I'm turning 40. Yeah. <laughs> Nordy Nordy, I think I'm turning 40. I like that you're unsure of it, too. Uh, there's Paul Dickov. There's Danny Shidu. Uh, Mark DeMann. The Marvelous Nakamba. Great name. Uh, David Seaman. Credence Clearwater Kuto. <laughs> That's not real. Is it? Is it? it is. No. Is it? Yes. Yes. It says kudos. Kudos. Parents were such huge fans of the band that they thought their son should be stuck with that bird in his entire life. He has said, "quote People often think that it's a nickname, but it's not. It's my real name, and it's on my birth certificate." But you know what? Credence Clearwater Kudo doesn't hold a candle to Franklin Daddy's boy Nianuto. <laughs> Uh, so wow. Franklin's daddy boy and Credence Clearwater. Credence Clearwater Kudo is the banana of the week. Thank you so Absolutely. much, Kristen, for being here. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Good luck with the next 48 hours. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Bananas. <laughs> Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.